Welcome to episode 55 of the Jungle Brothers podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Worthington. We've got Paul Fotofili and Tura Ward in the house. Hi. Uh, thanks to Panavore Coffee, providing the coffee that we're drinking. Tree trains with us. He turns up every damn day. And he even brings the coffee and delivers it to me by hand when we do our personal training session together on a Thursday afternoon. And I very much appreciate that. And if you have not tried their egg sandwich, do try it. Um, Paul, you had one this morning. You liked it. It was my first one. It was really good. You like that chili sauce? It was a bit hot. Hot on there, so it was perfect for me. Oh, yeah. Love that. Um, guys, we're going to rip straight in today where there's obviously a lot of things going on right now related to COVID-19. Um, we're making a lot of steps here at Jungle Brothers. There's a lot of discussion around the world of small business. Social media is blowing up. People are uncertain. Some people are more certain than others. We feel like we have a lot to share and we want to dive into that uh, and explore the role of or, or explore what the role that gyms play within a situation like this. Um, so welcome fellas, good to be here. Very good to be here, strange times indeed with everything that's unfolded. Um, obviously we've been a, a few weeks behind, um, China further behind and Europe as well in the States. Um, so we've kind of had this uh, ability to see a little bit into the future and learn from you know, what's gone on there. And you know, we've got a government here that's doing what they can uh, depending on what your uh, opinion is of how they've carried out with with it. Um, it's the situation that we're in. Yeah, for anyone that's listening that's not in Australia, um, we're currently, the majority of businesses are still in operation. Uh, there's no kind of lockdown as such. Certain businesses within the CBD area of Sydney and maybe other major metropolitan areas have been shut down, particularly businesses uh, where a lot of people are going into one building. But for the most part, it's kind of uh, life as usual still at this point, which seems very strange because we're all aware of this thing that's unfolding, yet we can still go to a cafe or a restaurant and kind of do your day-to-day -day thing. You see signs of it here and there. Obviously, if you go to the supermarkets, we've had all of the panic buying, the people who are hoarding. So it's pretty evident there when you go to uh, these places where you, yeah, you're finding your goods because they're either jam-packed and there's lines and stuff like that. Um, and there's just goods not on the shelf. Hospitals, there's lines out those at, at the door as well down the street for people trying to get tested, etc. But yeah, I mean, we were at Bronte Beach this morning. It seemed like... We were on Sunrise. We were on Sunrise. For those that don't know, which is the premiere <laughs> uh, <laughs> breakfast morning show bringing you high-quality news, weather reports, and featuring the best small businesses from your area. <laughs> I Paul and I got a 10-second feature. It was 20 seconds, actually. Was it 20 seconds? I haven't actually... We haven't reviewed it yet um, properly, have we? No, no, no. But um, they were trying to do a good thing, essentially. Um, I don't really watch the morning shows, uh, but they were out to promote and give some screen airtime to small businesses. They were trying... Uh, were they trying to advertise and talk to 100 small businesses within a day or something like Two that? Two days, I Two think. Two days. Yeah. So it was like a super quick spot. Um, and if you do get to Plug watch it... Plugapalooza, they called Plug it. Plugapalooza. Um, it was a bit slapstick for me. Yeah, we, we had a, Jungle Brothers, we're some serious dudes. We take this shit for real. And I think they wanted us to rub... They wanted Paul to rub hand sanitizer on my shirtless body. And we were like, uh, no, we don't want to do that. Smack the hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <out of laughs> so we ended up, little jujitsu sequence, a bit of violence, just to... Uh, add some punctuation to the morning show and bring a little bit of life, a bit of energy. Their MO was, because there's so much 
um, bad news and there's that sombre tone around everything and it's pretty grim. And they're largely having to report on the status of the banks and society and whatnot. They want to be interchanging, cutting with some sort of optimism and some action and some lively stuff. So we played a role. It was cool. It was a bit of exposure for us, but, you know, a um, bit of fun. But, yeah, being down there at Bronte Beach, it could have been any other beautiful autumn day. You wouldn't know, would you? There was bronze bodies everywhere, jogging mm. up and down, people in the cafes. The cafe owner there okay. actually said that it's been busier than usual because everyone's working from home. Um, so he's got laptops. You know, people sitting on laptops outside. On I definitely saw some influencers. I don't know which <laughs> ones they were, but I'm like, that guy's an influencer. Yeah, it's funny, hey. Being that I live in the inner west and going out there and just seeing everyone out there. It's nice. Ain't a damn thing changed. No, that's right. Tiora's madly scribbling notes onto a piece of paper. Um, what are you writing about, bro? Uh, I'm writing about our topic of discussion today. And that is um, looking at what, uh, what the role is of, of a community-based gym similar to ours mm. um, in times of crisis. Should we talk a little bit about <clears throat> what our gym has done so far in the little story over the last two weeks? Or should we just get into the topic and let that unfold? You boys take it. Tiara Ward. Uh, I've never seen T come so prepared to a podcast. Ever. I want to see where this goes. Well, uh, he's definitely fired up. And he's, you know, when he's passionate about something, um, you see the best come out of him for sure. And this is probably an occasion. It's like he's a dragon slayer, but there's no dragons any longer left on earth. But then all of a sudden, there's a plague of dragons. And the dragon slayer is reborn slaughtering. and ready to just fucking battle. Go forth. That, that, uh, that is exactly how I feel right now, actually. And to be honest, as, as uh, uncertain as everything is at the moment, this is, uh, there is an element of excitement for uh, us as a, as a small business owner. It's, you know, we have a dragon you, to slay. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't have, have a little bit of that in you, then you're probably destined... For a, for, to, to, for a horrible outcome, for doom, yeah. And I think um, if we go, to, uh, go back two weeks, it's very surreal because two weeks ago we were celebrating our two strongest months, you know, in membership retention and new coaches coming on board and uh, a, a big wave of new members that we could... We could handle and and get to know and it was we were on the podcast right, talking we, about we it we just <laughs> had our yeah build our new, new mezzanine we're running new cl- more classes we had a sparring session everything was just going so well and it's still going well i mean it's all in perspective really isn't it some I mean, could it's not say like we're in india some could say it's going better yeah because i you know reflecting on it this morning you know when something like this comes along it's a time it's an opportunity um if you want to look at it that way, yeah. um, for character to come out f- for individuals of in, in any kind of space at this time. Yes, and I think we've seen a lot of that absolutely uh, over the over the last two weeks. It's been uh, it's been a real emotion emotional roller coaster. I know in our gym, and I think anyone who's either part of a of a CrossFit box or even an F forty five or whatever it is, those smaller smaller outfits um, would be feeling the same thing. There's a lot of Actually, there's a lot of people coming for a different reason now. Nobody's interested in really making gains. They're trying to find a place of stability 
uh, in a time of uncertainty. And I think uh, as for our role as co community leaders in the, in the fitness industry, it, it, it is our obligation to, to, to bring that space, like to, to, to hold that, that fort, hold it together, be the pillar, and create uh, a, a place of certainty that has routine and acknowledges the fact that people are going through some pretty shit times. That's so right true. Now. That's so true. And you could replace the idea of a gym, um, the, or the word gym with community centre, because that's essentially what we are. And same as a church, right? Same as a church, yeah. and it's a place where people come to socialise. I mean, in this modern world, a lot of people who are displaced from family members, etc., don't have rings of community and people they can talk to uh, nearby. And our gym in particular, and you know, it's not by chance. Like we really have fashioned it this way. It is a community centre for people around here. And you know, if we were to shut the doors, it's funny. It's yeah, I was talking recently uh, the, earlier this week with some uh, some friends of mine, some other gym owners, and one of them. Um, was expressing his main concern was, um, you know, he, he was obviously concerned and he was about the situation uh, and he was talking about how it's important that he keeps his members moving towards their fitness goals through this time and that like, a, like some kind of generic online training offering isn't enough because it's, it's about well, what are their particular goals. Staying on track. Well, I was like, man, their individual fitness goals don't mean shit right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the connection with you and your place. And it is like moving or working out. Like, mm -hmm. that's really important and doing something. But it's not like, fuck, how am I going to chase that five rep chin-up goal that I've been working on? Or mm -hmm. how am I going to get my press handstand while COVID is ravaging the planet? It's like, how do I stay healthy and how do I stay sane? Yes. And that's what your gym is. It's the place that allows that to occur. Yeah, that little little uh, haven of sanity. Yeah, yeah, and and share and and a community of people with shared values, which potentially you don't have that at your workplace or even in your own home, you know, with your family. No, I think uh, there there would be a few workplaces out there, but by the sounds of things, there's a lot of places that are really coming apart, and I think a lot of that has to do with leadership and and it, and that that. The, the ripple effect from the, from the top down. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, from the approach that we've taken, not now, but over the last five years and building quality relationships with our members, mm -hmm. knowing the people in our gym, um, having an intimate relationship with our staff, uh, all of that uh, has prepared us for what's to come. And because of that, and that alone, that is going to get us through the next three or four months, or however long this takes to blow over, to come out the other end, survive, and then rebuild. And I would, I, I, I don't like saying this, but if you don't have that kind of uh, relationship with your member base as a as a as a fitness um, center, so let's talk about your standard Globo gym where you, the staff's turning over regularly, you're paying a, a, a minor membership. Nobody has members, a loyalty to a place like that. Yeah, and the members all kind of despise the place a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a bit irate because yeah. the toilet's never clean and faces are changing all the time and the trainers 
you know, don't say hello to you, not that kind of stuff. Uh, that, that kind of outfit is going to hurt hardest over the next three to four months because there's no loyalty to keep your membership with a place like that. And the first thing you're going to pull from your budget is your gym membership. And if the only thing that provides for you is a bunch of fucking machines and there's no social connection, and I'm not talking about touching each other, I'm just talking about being around people that are going through the same thing and, and working through things together, then what the hell's going to keep you loyal to that space? I mean, I heard rumours that, that last week Fitness First lost 1,000 members or over 1,000 members went on permanent hold. and at, Like at one particular location, you're saying? No, I think over there's like four or five in Sydney now or some shit like that. I don't know if it's a whole lot, but whether it's a whole lot or whether it's one, that's, right. that's a big hit, you know, and that's one week and that's just going to keep on flowing in really at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, and I think what we're witnessing now is how much, how much community support we, uh, support we actually have from our members to just uh, continue to allow this place to function for as long as, as we possibly can. Uh, and that function is, is obviously we're adhering to the, the governing bodies and not getting sucked into the hype that... Uh, you know, Facebook's telling us and our one source of, um, of governing body is the uh, New South Wales um, Ministry of Health and they tell us how many people, what distance, the hygiene and we just adhere to everything that they say and when they tell us to shut, then we'll shut, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you do not have the relationships, then the potential that your business will not survive the next six months is very high. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, <clears throat> you know, the reasons why we've stayed open? One, you've just stated, because we don't have to close, no one's telling us to close, but what are the things that we're providing for people um, in this time of crisis? In terms of um, how have we adapted what we do? Uh, just what are people coming and getting from here, you know? What, like, well, you could also say, yeah, if we closed, what would be the effects of that on people? Like well, yeah, the main thing I see, um, people come in and they get, uh, they get some, like, normality. They come in, there's smiley faces, there's people to hang out with, there's good banter, there's all the, the good energy that they're used to getting on a daily basis. And there's no, um, you know, there's, there's a level of uh, respect for the guidelines and the, you know, the, the dangers that are inherent to this pandemic. However, there's, there's, there's optimism amongst everyone that's in the room. And, um, and you know, and, it's a, and that's, the, that's the thing I think that, they're not, that people aren't really getting in the workplace or when you go to the supermarket or when you, or when you get on a train. It's like there is a bit of a, 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 a current of fear running through things, which, you know, which there kind of has to be in many ways. But we have a place here where there's like, it's, it's stable and it's optimistic. And... For us to create that space, uh, it's very important that you have a plan in place, that you have confidence in, in that plan and you stick to it. And then you let everyone know and you keep it simple and, and you lay it out. And when people see some level of certainty, then they're like, okay, cool. Like these guys have a strategy as they're moving forward and... I don't feel like I'm coming to a space where that's, that's kind of leaderless and, and uncertain and these guys don't know what they're doing because that kind of stuff 
adds to anxiety. So we laid out that plan three weeks ago. Yeah, the first, first phase of it was probably two and a half weeks ago. Knowing what was kind of like going to be in that anyway because there's already plenty of talk. So that preparation is so important and it's not too late to sit down and, and do this but it would have been better for anyone who was wanting to do that as a gym owner to be doing it a long time ago. And, and that plan is just forecasting what's to come and having some kind of strategy that can combat what comes off the back of that. And that's uh, first and foremost, how do we continue to be that pillar of support for our members? Uh, I think it's our duty and we owe that to them because of the fact that they've you know, made us our livelihood and it's what we offer as a gym. And how do we continue to be that support pillar even when the doors are closed? And there's many, many options. We're look, we're at, we've got our online uh, program that we're reigniting. We've um, got our camera kit and we've reinvested in that. And now we're going to be shooting live, live uh, workouts for our members. Uh, and then the, uh, again, following the, um, the criteria from the Ministry of Health. So each time something happens, we have an action plan that goes into place. They, they drop the numbers down to 10 per uh, social visit. Then we split the classes up into two separate places. So there's always has to be some, some form of action that takes, off, takes place off the back of well, what's happening in our current, our current climate. Yeah, I think the, um, the, what's a really important quality amongst all of that is the, uh, the adaptability piece, which is something that we talk about in our ethos regarding um, someone's physical development, right? That they should be adaptable. Um, the, the adaptability piece, T touched on it, it's like our, our purpose is to create strong, happy, healthy, mobile individuals. And we do that through our gym. But if for some reason our gym can't operate out of this physical location, then we can continue to do that through an online means. Um, and that, you know, that's whatever, whatever we can do. And, you know, maybe to take people to the park or, 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 you know, an online workout. And these are all the things that are in our plan. Um, you can still continue to serve that purpose. And I think what I'm seeing from, from, a, from, from a lot of places, and I want to make clear here that, that everybody's in an individual situation. So I'm not trying to hang shit on anyone that's made a decision that perhaps we haven't made or that I wouldn't choose to make because you got to do what's right by you, Right. Um, but I do see a lot of, a lot of uh, sort of um, training or fitness, martial arts type businesses that are not, they're not expressing any adaptability. They're not finding innovative ways to continue doing what they do and supporting their people. It's like, oh, fuck, we're, guys, we're closing. We're closing for two weeks. This corona shit's real and uh, we'll keep you updated. And then, you know, I don't know what they're doing, maybe taking two weeks off or whatever, but it's like, Surely you can do better than that. There has to be something you can offer. You know, even if you're just a one-man band, like with all the shit we have, Instagram and fucking Facebook Live and whatever, there's like, there's options there. Um, so, I, you know, that, 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 you know, for me, and I view it very much because I do the marketing and the social media here, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that we can do to help people, even if we, we have to be stuck in our house. And talking about um, repercussions of obviously the coronavirus itself 
has uh, terrible re- repercussions on on um, specific areas of the population. But we were talking about this, you know, not too long ago, like uh, an hour ago. Uh, what are the repercussions of the virus on the people that aren't necessarily in that criteria? And we're not talking just about the financial repercussions. We're talking about the health implications of being losing your job, losing your business, and then getting told to, 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 to stay in your home with your poor wife and kids that are going to suffer being around you because you're bloody miserable. And this is where we can start working on that front and combat the, the, or the, the, the mental... Um, or, or start working on mental health and helping people work through this space with meditation, good eating, regularity with their training, like all of these things, accountability, just to keep the sanity there so people don't lose their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And statistics show that stuff like domestic violence increases anxiety level, stress, um, drug suicides, abuse. drug abuse, all this shit goes up. Yeah. It's been shown many times it's not the first time this 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 stuff's happened like uh it's, it's it's riddled through history where people have to be isolated and uh, there's quarantines and and there's depressions and there's um recessions and the statistics are the same throughout yeah it's <clears throat> it's a it is unique it has happened in history but it's definitely the first time something like this of this you know this is kind of a magnitude yeah in my lifetime at least because you know, we had our meeting, coaches development meeting the other day, and it was really cool to go through um, a worst case scenario plan. And T put together a, a, a line of questions, and we spent time looking at everyone's individual situation. And in those line of questioning, there was a thought experiment. It was about, like, you know, who has a support network, who has family, who can find a, if all else goes to shit, and we have zero dollars wages for two months. Who can, who can be housed under a roof, um, who has a place to go and, and be quarantining, et cetera. Um, and, you know, with that sort of uh, line of thought and people were writing different things down on paper and we were discussing it and sharing ideas, um, you can quickly see how uh, at a time where there's pressure everywhere, it's very difficult to, to find, you know, find some sort of respite. So, you know, if... I was like, you know, say a month ago, if I lost my job here, I could find a job somewhere else. Like I really, I could, I'm employable, but in this current situation, there's pressure everywhere from everyone, all businesses are going down. I think uh, it's just an incredible thing to feel. And I, I'm definitely in a fortunate situation and I'm definitely not the worst case, but I can definitely, I can see people who feel that way. There's other people who are less employable, less adaptable, and um, less support, less support. I mean, you know, I grew up here. I got family that's pretty deep and we can all kind of lean on each other. But I think everyone's got one degree of separation from someone that they know who, if everything went downhill, they would really struggle to find somewhere to keep a ro- to be under a roof, you know, through the winter. It's and this this connection is, is paramount for your business to hold together as a gym. Like if you haven't sat down with your staff and discussed worst case scenario, then it's something that you need to do and you should be doing it immediately because at the end of the day, this will pass and you want 
to be able to flick the switch and the business is up and running again with the coaches that you've invested all that time into that have given you all that time and, and made all those sacrifices, there has to be something once the dust settles for them to be able to get back onto their feet and start moving forward again. And if, uh, if you don't know how they're ma going to manage doing that and there was an opportunity for you to be able to help them and whether that was just bringing them into a room full of uh, other coaches that could potentially help each other out, then you haven't done enough, you know? And it was interesting sitting there, and those are the shittest questions I've ever written out on a piece of paper, mind you, I felt fucking horrible, it was gross. I was like, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Write that down, I was like, ugh, well, that feels pretty bad. And then I started writing the questions off the back of that. And I was thinking about each individual coach and you know, what I already know about them, yeah, man. The, and I was like, man, this is very, very confronting. Real. Yeah, real. and it was not very. It was not a nice process. I felt quite, quite uh, um, drained from it afterwards. Yeah, the energy yeah. in the room was it was tense, somber. Yeah. It was for sure, but but it, yeah, the just, idea is to have that somberness and that reality here yeah. now instead of four weeks from now. No, and and having your head buried in the sand. Correct. You know, but that, the outcome was great. I it mean, was it was immense. Everyone just bonded and people were offering up their rooms and houses and tents and fucking, you know, whatever. Like, we just, at that point, it was like, okay, we're good. Yeah, we're as solid as possible. And we, yeah. didn't, we didn't solve all of the situations. It was just the beginning and yeah. the planning continues. That's right. The dialogue between everyone and, you know, all that sort of thing. And but these are also the people that are on the front line for us in our business that are working with our members that are coming in and... All of them are going through a tough time. Even the ones that aren't going through as tough a time are still on social media. They're still watching the news. They're still feeling, feeling the brunt. And, you know, you've got to hold it together for yourself. Then you have people that, that are coming in that, that, are, that, that need more support and they might be welling up and talking about the, the, the situation that they're in and you have to, you have to be there for them. And it's, it's a lot of pressure. You know? Yeah, if we go to, to that, uh, our members, uh, you know, we, uh, we've already started to get in some cancellations and people putting their memberships on holds and stuff and these are people who are directly affected by things. There's a number of people who have lost their jobs or jobs. their partners have lost their jobs or shifts cut down. I mean, we're located right next to the airport and if you can hear some planes in the background, I'll just let you know the windows are all open here because we're trying to get the airflow through. It's a few planes. We've got uh, airport workers. Measures. We've got measures. measures in place. I wanted to make a point just about... Because um, it can be easy... Uh, the, for us, obviously, we understand the importance of this business surviving. But maybe for listeners, it's not necessarily so apparent. Mm. Um, because, you, you know, it's kind of like, fuck the business, look after yourself sort of thing. But the deal is, is that uh, this business, it, it is what looks after T, Paul and myself uh, initially... And then now it also supports uh, another seven or eight individuals who work out of here. Some it supports to a greater degree than others. Some might be coaching elsewhere. But essentially, this place is what allows everyone to put food on their table. And so um, if, it, if it comes down to it, the business is what's prioritized over its staff, over its owners, um, because... Once this thing is over, it, it, it's the only thing that we can 
that we can confidently go back to and start to rebuild from. And obviously, if the business has to shut and we have to go and do other things, that's fine too. But uh, it's important. It's important to be for us to be very transparent about that, because I think at this time, like you guys have already said, people and businesses in particular are kind of burying their head in the sand a bit. They don't want to talk about it. Um, it's important to talk about it. The business, you know, the business has money coming into it every week, and that money is what allows the business to continue to support those who attend it or, or patronize it and those who work for it. And if that money stops, then the business stops. And so what we're trying to do is, is find a way where we can support everyone within it, uh, members and staff, um, and still keep this ship afloat over yeah. the next amount of time, however long that may be. That's right. And uh, I think one of the – something that we've noticed now is obviously there's some people hurting more than others. And this is some people hurting more financially. Some people are uh, hurting more mentally. And we're watching within our community the, the ones that are more established financially just stepping up and, and you know, offering to pay like for another person's membership that's just lost their job. And we're looking at the people that are just feeling more stable mentally, being ears for the people that, that are struggling a little bit more in, in their minds. Um, we've opened up or anyone who loses a, a job um, uh, to continue their membership indefinitely until they get another job. Free of charge, that is. Free of charge. And um, this response to that has been amazing. And I think just small acts of kindness start to build uh, a, a culture, you know. And, and it's always been there and here, but now it's really ramping up. And that culture is is literally holding the fabric of our business together right now. Uh, it's, it's very, very, um, it makes, makes me feel very proud of what we have here. Uh, like literally every day I've come in, I've just had so many like proud, proud moments. It's been great. And just looking at the characters, like you were saying before, different characters really start to shine. Mm. And man, like you, I, I sit on, I watch news, I look at social media and I just think, oh, we'll be in two seconds. Sorry, and I look at, um, I look at, uh, you know, some of what you'd consider the worst of humanity. You're like, what are these people doing? Then we come into the gym, and I honestly see the best of it. And I think that the majority of humans like that. You just don't see it getting shown because it's not, it's not as, it's we not don't, as newsworthy. Mo and most people don't have the opportunity actually yes, to, to contribute in that way, do they? Or express no. it. But I think if you're, you're in a position where you can offer and give. Like people, people do it, you know, but, but you have to take that first step and, and, and promote that kind of culture within, within your own, your own uh, environment. I think it's very, very important in this time, especially. Yeah, T's tapping out, tradesmen or something. We've got shit going on. New sink getting installed tomorrow, timber decks being built, infrastructure to support less germ spreading, essentially. And the zombie apocalypse. And the zombie apocalypse. If that came now, we'd be good. We're ready to go. Fit, strong. Everyone's disinfected. <laughs> but um, there's a... I think one of, the, one of the big things that stands out to me is like, um, you know, T is obviously super energised by this. And uh, I don't know about you, but I feel very energised by it as well. Very energised. And, and I think that's what happens to us naturally anytime we face a challenge with the business. Um, and I, I think it's just... It's an inherent quality of being a business owner. Um, you either... You'd kind hope. Of, yeah, you would hope, right? You either step up, get in it. Like, 
like feel the need for action and get energized and start taking action mm. or you like hide away from it in which case it's probably not the place you want to be right like as a as a as a leader of something um however what uh part of that energy is thinking about like what opportunities become available when shit like this happens and like last week we were talking about my my knee and my recovery from the surgery and it's the same mentality that i have with injury which is that there is always an opportunity off the back end of that so when there's a setback there's a there's a like a like a, a an equal or greater opportunity at the same time so like now okay we face this great hurdle but there's also this opportunity in terms of what can we do to support those in need how can we continue to provide our level of or our product and our level of service through new means okay great we purchased some new camera gear we start doing online stuff. Maybe we get to grow our social media following and YouTube and like all those other things. Like we actually start to progress the business in other areas. Like when my knee's fucked up, I can build my upper body strength or focus on the upper body flexibility more. Totally. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel very, very fortunate uh, with the business that we've had, that we've got. <clears throat> and how we've built it over the years. Well, let me close the window. I think we've got concrete being poured. Ah, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I feel very fortunate uh, because we have an opportunity and a platform to do something. Also because we, we have this, the size and the type of business that we have uh, can remain agile in this sort of time. And, so and Thanks, Oves. Um, agile. Yeah, so, it's yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a handy quality of being small. Yes, and, you know, uh, I haven't always been this way, this type of mindset that you're talking about. Maybe you can call it growth mindset, but it's it's having a challenge or a hurdle. Growth put, abundance, perhaps. Is that what it is? As opposed to scarcity. And, you know, and we need a challenge to rise to, you know. So, you know, the dragon slayer is not a dragon slayer without the dragon type thing. Um, so Love that. I, I wasn't always that way inclined, and I really am grateful for the last 10 years or so where I've kind of been on that path. And um, anything that's put in front of me, that is, it's an opportunity, and this is exactly what this is. And... Uh, going back to what T was saying about all the comments in this week, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, I haven't, we haven't had much time to reflect on it too long. But, you know, every half an hour there's a message that comes in or a conversation that's had that's really brought a tear to most of us. There's been some tear-jerking shit going on. There has. It has. But, um, Real shit. Yeah, it, going on that kind of that, that agility, uh, there's an opportunity here for us for sure. Uh, we purchase equipment. We do something that we were meaning to do ages ago. Set ourselves up for some live streaming, etc., um, which is really cool. Something that we haven't really explored before, but this is our opportunity. That's right. You know, yeah, like uh, build a nutrition program that can be offered to everybody. Go on TV. Go on TV. A la sunrise. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I really like how you put it in the email you sent out to the members, which was, you know, our purpose is to build mobile strong confident happy people and with COVID-19 has come in and whatever crisis is happening our purpose doesn't stop being our purpose and we just continue to do it we just do it whichever way we have to yeah yeah adapt so what you know what's something then that what's something gym owners can do if you know if you're listening to this and you're freaking out and you're like fuck I don't know what I'm going to do I'm going to lose members over this. I haven't even spoken to my staff. What do you do? You've got to mitigate 
the loss. So you're going to lose members. This is just standard. Yeah. It's going to come with the... And you have to acknowledge that, accept yep. it, and, and deal with it as it comes. Now, the approach that we've taken is obviously we want to keep the community tight. So we're reaching out, but we're also asking for those who want to put their membership on hold because they don't want to be in public space, uh, if they could c continue a certain amount of that money to come in through... Uh, their hold if they can afford it. So they might go to like a 50% uh, rate and then that 50% rate will continue for the amount of time that they spend away from us. Um, and if they can't do that, then we ask them for anything, 10 bucks, whatever it is. And that just comes off their membership once it, once it kicks over again. So the idea is that you must keep the cash flow running in because you are going to need it. Uh, so mitigate the out, like money going out or the losses. The spike in losses. And, you're just and trying don't, to ease it into account. And don't shy away from, from having that conversation. No, with you got to ask. Yeah. Be because, they, I mean, we felt it ourselves like, oh, fuck, let's just not say anything. And maybe yeah. they won't say anything. Yeah, yeah it's not going to. Yeah. Everyone's going to say something and it's probably all going to happen at the one time. And then you're going to go, fuck, why didn't we just bring that up and, and have a strategy? Well, it's very similar to what's happening with the virus itself and you can see the places that are at least prepared Boris. yeah just getting hit hardest and it's because they haven't put in something to mitigate the that spike and for us that spike is a, a, a loss in members so if you can mitigate that spike as much as possible then just kind of you're going to you're going to move into a deficit hopefully you have some form of safety net that you've put away for a rainy day um then you can cruise on through at uh, minimum out, out, outgoings and hopefully get through the other side. So, so we're talking, yeah, we're talking, so then um, mitigate the membership losses. What else do we want to be looking to reduce? Our other outgoings? Outgoings and uh, staff is the biggest outgoing for every, every business. And if you ignore, and, and it, you, in all of us, especially this industry, we, we like, we, we're carers and we give us, that's why we do what we do. That you have to fight that instinct in this scenario because if your staff uh, outgoings use up all of your safety net, then the business goes bankrupt and no one has a job ever. As so, we spoke about before. So no, you've got two options. Either no one has a job for a while or no one has a job ever. So when you're starting to get close to moving into a deficit where the business is chewing up more money than it's earning, then it's time to pull the pin and you have to do it. And you have to pay your staff for it mentally and also give them the tools necessary to be able to survive on their own for a bit, continue to keep the connection with them over the toughest period, help each other out, but you must mitigate that cost because it is, it is it's too big for a small business to continue to, to upkeep over a potential time of no income. Um, then you need to, sorry. Interesting, I was talking to a fella He's uh, got a business, was asking him what his plan is, safety net, that kind of thing in place. And he said, and I asked him what he was doing with his staff. And he said, um, oh, like I told him they're all going to be sweet. I'm going to keep paying them 100%. And I can do that. I can afford to do that for a month. And I was, I was like, man, that's fucking noble. But I was like, what if this thing goes longer than a month? what if you found out now that you could pay them a bit less, like 50% or whatever it is, as, as little as possible to keep them surviving, but you could then, you know, cover them for three months 
you know, or four months. Like, mm. don't you think that would be a better option? And again, I'm no business coach. I'm no fucking finance expert. But I was like, I see the nobility in you telling your guys, I got you guys, like nothing has to change for a month. But I think you'd be better off making some minor changes and having a little bit more latitude there. Yeah, and those minor changes should be, should be reviewed weekly. So those minor changes over, over a duration of time will, will equal major change, but it gives you opportunity to adapt as a coach, uh, as a business owner, and also keep your, you're keeping your, num- your, your eyes on the numbers at all times. Uh, other ways, look, we're hitting up our landlord. We're going to hit him up for uh, a 50% reduction in rent. And if the door's shut, 100% reduction in rent. We'll see what comes back. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like, if you are an operating business and you're looking after a space and you have a good relationship with your landlord and you haven't, you know, you've been paying good rent, even if you haven't, like, if you can go to them and just, they understand. Everyone's going through the same thing. It's not because you made poor business decisions, what is happening now. It is because everybody is going through the same thing, which means everybody needs to take a hit. It's not just the small businesses. It's not just the, 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 uh, the, the, your part-time employers or uh, single uh, the, uh, trade, trade, what do you call them? Sole traders. Because right now that's where the, where the hit is, is hardest. We're taking the brunt of this right now. Now it starts. It has to start moving up the chain. That means landlords. That means banks. Banks. That means government need to start putting their fucking hands in the pocket and taking some of this pressure off the rest of us. But the only way that happens is if you get out there and ask. So you've got to diplomatically put your words together and remind these people that if you do not have a business at the end of this... They're fucked. They're fucked too. That's right. You know, they're not going to be finding new tenants because people aren't going to be in a position to start a new no business. No one's for going a long to try time. and start a new business right now. It'd be yeah, crazy. But, yeah, there Let's has see. to be understanding on all on all fronts there. And, and I, fucking, I really hope the banks do something to to yeah. show that. I think they're going to have to. But yeah, yeah. And and I feel like, like they're still going to turn a profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and that, that's where people's voice becomes very powerful. But if everyone sits there and just stays silent and singular and they're not connecting and they're not talking and they're not taking action then this is when when the the, the most vulnerable take the brunt of of a, of a situation like this and in, yeah so now it's time to start getting those emails out we've uh, just sent an email to our accountant and i've just said what have you got for us we need help we need it now what is the government doing for us to make sure that we can continue to pay our staff, continue to keep, the, keep, keep our business afloat through this time? I'll have a conversation with him today and then I'll do the same thing again tomorrow and then two days' time and I will keep putting pressure on so he can keep doing it to whoever he needs to and then whoever's copping that pressure at the top end starts to release a little bit of money. It's so necessary that you've got to speak out. Yeah, I like so your expression, the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. Yeah, so this is all in the realm of finance. So what we got is uh, you're going to take some losses. You want to make that spike into a gentle curve and we've got some tactics we've put in place. We're talking about the 50-50, 50% now, 50% later type thing. Um, we're trying to mitigate outgoings. You look at the biggest ones. Um, we also talk with our staff that's a big outgoing and seeing what we can have there. Um, really, we're trying to anticipate 
at all times. It's, it's planning, it's anticipation. And we've, cur- we've curbed all growth-related expenses. So no, no money on social media marketing, mm, yeah. any online subscriptions for things that mm. aren't currently needed are cancelled. Yeah. You and know, all, all those little things. And pretty much, yeah, summed up with the... the we've got uh, marketing, sales and retention. That's the big three that we just bounce between all day, every day in the office when we're not training. Um, and pretty much we've just gone straight into retention. It's, yeah. all, it's all retention right now because we're not going to make any new sales, although we've had a few random leads coming in. Isn't yeah. it interesting so that our leads have changed as well a, a lot. Now, p- the people that are coming in are coming in for, for mental respite and they're actually saying that. They're like, yeah. I want to be here for my headspace. Um, they're, no, no, this, they're, they don't even mention like tone up, lose weight, get my <laughs> strong deadlift. None of that is a yeah. uh, strain. I mean, it kind of... I think a situation like this really peels back the layers and shows you what's, what's most important in people's lives. Yeah. You know? So going back to like what can gym owners do um, and uh, so there's the financial things and the planning and anticipation. We're watching our numbers pretty damn closely. Yeah. The other thing we're doing is we're staying in touch with the news all the time. Like a situation like yep. this, everything's changing so quickly. So between the three of us and everyone. I mean, it's hard to avoid a conversation right now, but sticking your head in the sand is not going to help you. No. You need to be... And, you know, the, the right news. The right news, for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, we're, we're using the ABC. Uh, it's generally my source. And, and Sunrise. And Sunrise, sunrise, sunrise just obviously. Just your boys perform. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other big one that I think um, we've done really well, and I know, T, you've really been fucking charging from the front, is... Um, you're battling all the doubt and uncertainty with clear and concise leadership. And that's what you said at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I think that for us, and it's funny because this has been a real learning thing um, and being able to put that in place. And I feel like we've learned life lessons in this last 10 days based on what we thought might work. We've put it in place and we're seeing immediate response. It's been really cool to see how um, action... uh, putting uh, action just dispels doubt pretty much yeah. and, and leaning from the front and keeping it clear. Yeah, for your, for your own mindset as well. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, it's very important that before you do any of this, you get your own personal shit sorted first. So you you know, you've got your own plan, rent sorted, all that kind of stuff. And I would be even hitting up your rental agent if you're renting a unit or a home or whatever and, and asking them to talk to their landlord about some kind of reduction, like every spot where you can potentially save a little bit of money to keep yourself actively moving forward, just do it. Power companies, internet, phone. internet, all of them. Just let them know that you that that there's a potential you're going to go bankrupt and you need some kind of give. Twenty percent here, thirty percent there, fifty percent there. It all adds up, and it's potentially enough to get you through to the other side. And these companies know this; they're all aware of it. They they know it's coming. And they've got the coffers. Now it's time to make sure that you let them know that you're one of the people that need it. Because if you don't, they're not going to offer it up for, for nothing. It's true. So interest rates, are they to down, they're zero right now? They're, they're as low as they've ever been since the GFC, I think. If you are cashed up, oh, yeah. throwing money at that mortgage now is it's the time. It's looking yeah. really good. Um, so we've got the losses, the staff, the rent, the leading with clarity getting your personal affairs in order. Yeah. Um, and then, then what else we got for, for, for a gym owner? I think we've got, you've got to ask yourself the question, 
what opportunities are in front of you that you may not have otherwise seen? So what, what things can you do to keep supporting your people? Um, is it an online piece? Is it content creation? Is it switching back to one-to-one -one stuff? Are you going around to their houses? Uh, is it the accountability phone calls? What else we got there? Phone calls are so such a strong tool. And I think once people go into, into lockdown, uh, I mean, like Paul was saying, he's got that, he's got that network of big family, he's got friends, and we'll be doing the same with each other. And I know I've got a, a big support, but a lot of people don't have anyone. They're just there by themselves. Maybe they're stuck with just the kids. They need uh, that contact. So if you have a member base and you're just calling people on why your gym is shut, you will have a, a huge positive effect on that person's life. And that in itself is enough to retain that member so they come back. But I think the, if your gym shuts and you think it's time for holidays, you know, don't get me wrong, need to be able to take a break and the rest of it, it could be a good time to take a break, but it's not just over until this thing wipes over. You need to be putting things in place and, and making sure that your business is still being worked on, is still being established, it's still being maintained more than ever because otherwise you have nothing to come back to. Yeah, and what, what you don't want to be doing is shunning people who are calling up and cancelling. Yeah. Because all of those people are cancelling for the right reasons. They're, yeah. they're cancelling because they're in fucking dire straits and they're concerned about their future and, you know, people's means are whatever their means are. Everyone's got, you know, I mean, you know we talk to our people down here. We've got people who have got, um, we've got, we got someone whose mother is unwell and, you know, she's, she's in, her, in her last, you know, her last days overseas. That person can't get overseas. We've got another guy here whose wife's about to give birth. She's from overseas. Her family was meant to come over, see the birth of the first child. Like, there's all these unique situations. Weddings cancel. Weddings too. cancel. Fuck, like, yeah. it's immeasurable, jobs. right? Lots of jobs lost. So if someone, if someone says to you, hey, man, I've got to cancel, it's like, okay, they're removing their support for your business, sure, but you've got to be understanding that they've, you know, if you've got a good community of people, then you've got to trust that that person has made that decision uh, with a lot of consideration and that it's, it, you know, it's not something they've taken lightly. Yeah. So looking after them is paramount. Yeah, the whole, this industry is built on relationships and, you know, your ability to be able to deal compassionately with people and understand their unique situation. I mean, a lot of the advice that we're giving and the conversation is relevant to gym owners who have gyms similar to ours. Uh, their boxes, their community little stores, wherever mm. they are in Sydney. Yeah, if and you're at Fitness First, no one wants a phone call from that's the front very desk different. girl. That's very different mm. to the situation. Hey, um, just want to check in <laughs> on how things going. The last payment just bounced. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's a very different model. And I guess, you know, we're always saying it. We, we don't think it's necessarily mm. the best model. Um, for human beings, uh, having that big globo thing going on, they address one kind of part. Like they're a facility and they allow people to come in as a facility, but they don't really... Uh, I've never been a member at one, but I wouldn't imagine they do too much in the community slash big tribe type aspect. That no. we, it, there's nothing like that, yeah. No, I, you get, if, unless you're paying premium dollar for a personal trainer and you've got that one-on-one, -on -one, that's as close as it gets. So you, yeah. They have like two and a half thousand members and then they have like a Christmas barbecue with 
10 members turning up each year. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Damn. That kind yeah. of vibe. And staff, most of the staff don't, don't even turn up. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it's a strange environment. I know that for a fact because I worked in Fitness First for uh, two years. Yeah. Yes, like you did. One a year and 11 months too long. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, it's, it's funny just because, you know. I've got to – sorry, cut you off. No, it just being that they're in the health and well-being industry, but they're ignoring – they're addressing like a few keys on the piano and just leaving all the other ones. They're just playing to one little tune. Yes. Um, I guess it just fucking dumbfounds me sometimes. Like I'm like, what is that? Yeah. That's not cool. Uh, you know, for me, I, um, I'm in touch with a lot of jiu-jitsu academies through this, like just seeing what's happening around that community. And like a lot of them are just closing because obviously jiu-jitsu is a, you know, and, and any kind of combat is, it's pretty hard to be running that or it's going to be very hard to be running that probably from next week onwards just because it's a full contact type of training. We put our, our jiu-jitsu and our fight factory classes, uh, we suspended them here until further notice. Um, but a lot of them are just like shutting up and going, COVID, doors are closed, we'll keep you updated. And I think like um, there's there's a real lack of understanding there that there's a shitload still you could do for your people. Like you could, you could do what we're doing. You could run a strength and conditioning or a strength and kind of mobility class. You could do it in the gym or maybe you could do it in the park, but you could find innovative ways to continue to support your community before just going, that's it, the doors are locked. Um, Even like um, tutorials, like like positioning tutorials and just talking about the art and, and the, the finer the finer elements that you generally don't get the time to, to discuss. Right, in mindset, class. competition, preparation. Yeah, all that stuff, just to your, to, to your phone camera and then just posting it on your, on, your, on, your, on your tribe, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it and that's the thing, right? That, and then... That's like, that's a great opportunity. It becomes an asset. You could build a fucking program that you could sell down the track or, you know, build an awesome YouTube channel. And there are places doing that, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think for maybe for a lot of those smaller businesses where it's like one person who runs it, um, it can be hard to see the opportunity that's around and it can be very hard to, to see beyond the shit thing in front of you. But I think if you, if you really sit down and consider it, there's a lot you can you can do, and that stuff is what's going to help you. Maybe you don't make it through. Like maybe you still have to fucking struggle hard through the next couple of months or whatever it is. But the potential for you to to rebuild faster once you can open the doors back up or once you know people can renew their memberships and whatnot is so much greater. Yeah, and it could literally be the difference between you surviving one more month or even a week, and coming through the other end or going bankrupt just before the finish line you know yeah boys that's big chat it's um is there any any closing points on that is there any things we want to push people towards or uh, i would say for like uh, maybe some less final kind of tips for that that small business gym owner what do we got take action don't don't be sitting uh, dormant get head out of sand if it is yeah. start taking action right now yeah. yeah how look for innovative ways to support your community yeah. so look outside of what you and what the other people in your realm are doing 
and look at other look at other businesses. An example of that, I got really inspired by reading a post about a bar in Shanghai that's um, it was very popular, quite new, and they had to they had been forced to shut. And I think instantly they started doing home delivered cocktails um, and also running um, online cocktail workshops where they teach you how to make awesome. shit. And so I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, that is fucking awesome. Like, that is so cool. There's people want people still want to have a good time. Yeah. And there's still people out there with a bit of money and, you know, whatever. So what can you do to help brighten the lives of the people that you're already serving in different ways? That's right, to diversify it. Don't be afraid to ask for help from the people around you because there's a lot of people in, within your own community that want to help you. So don't let pride sit in the way and just be prepared. Have a plan because piss poor preparation leads to piss poor performance oh, nice oh. and prepare for the worst it, at the moment yes. there's a there's this time frame of like a two week closure no one knows that's no one knows what the reality of that is yeah, the two growing. weeks could blow out to two months yeah. like prepare for a longer period of time and think okay if my business is to be closed for two to three months what do I need to do now in order for that to be as smooth as possible not I'm going to close my doors and in two weeks' time, I'm going to have a think about it. Yeah. Or uh, I'll only last a month, you know that one? Yes. I want to be doing that. Yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. Prepare for the worst and hopefully the best happens and then, you know, even better. You come out with a little bit of money still in your coffers and you haven't lost a huge amount of members. On the asking for help piece, if you want to talk to us, please get in touch. You can get us on Instagram or you can get at Jungle Brothers Movement or you can get us through our email, info at junglebrothers.com. Uh, that'll come right through to T, Paul and myself. And we're more than happy to share any of this shit about what we're doing. And, and we're posting that on our Instagram as well. So you can check all that out. But yeah, even if you are, we, I've already had a lot of gym owners reach out who I'm kind of friends with on Instagram and stuff. And I know there's people out there hurting. So don't be afraid to, to touch base, even if you just want to chat over some of the tough times and have a bit of banter to, to brighten your day. I thought I'd also mention we had the Rise Foundation coming out next Saturday to run the mental health response first aid course. Uh, we spoke the other day and we were going to postpone it. And anyway, I'll confirm it today. I think it's, we can all agree, it's more important to have something like this more than ever um, happen in the gym. So I'll confirm that. It, so we'll keep it running next Saturday until further notice. Um, but there is some spots available if anyone wants to to learn a little bit about mental health and the ins and outs and, you know, where you can see the signs of people who are mentally, you know, uh, facing a bad situation and might be suffering um, and some ways in how you can respond to that. Reach out to us. There's some spots available. It's Saturday, 28th of March. It's a six-hour workshop. Get a certificate at the end and some good knowledge. What? Are the, what uh, tell me, what are we going to be learning there? Uh, just what I said, um, being able to identify the signs uh, of mental... Well, first of all, the ins and outs of mental health. What is it? What are the scopes? Um, then learning how to identify, say, if you have a friend, a colleague or a member at your gym, being able to see the signs and being able to anticipate someone who might regress further into a bad spot. And then I think, and I don't know all the details, it's a response, how to respond to that. Uh, so... And even immediately and what channels to go to from there. I think also being able to recognize it in yourself as well. So that does that... Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's next Saturday, uh, 28th of March. It will be uh, 
yeah, cool workshop. So I'm hoping Ben Higgs can still come out for that and um, she'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. Stay Oof. strong out there, guys. Thanks for the episode today, fellas. Thank Oof. you. Oof.